I am sure most of you have come this morning to hear from the young people that went on the Hope trip and from their leaders, as is your tradition. And that, indeed, will take place in a few moments. But as we were making preparations for this morning, those who were to share share the delightful meal you're about to enjoy, I asked if I would set the table. And so I'll try. The gospel lesson I just read this morning is in many ways uniquely bizarre. What in the world is Jesus talking about when he says, we played the flute for you and you refused to dance? We wailed and you refused to mourn. Let me try to explain. In Jesus' time, the roles for men and women were pretty strictly and narrowly defined. Among them, men led celebrations and women led mourning. I'm not justifying the separation, just telling you what it is. So since that was going to be a significant part of their job in life, children were encouraged to play games in which they would learn their various different roles. So boys gathered and learned to do the round dance, which in the future they would lead at weddings and the like. And the young girls gathered and practiced mourning, or more precisely, wailing, because while sitting shiva or leading memorial service, it would be their job to wail. Now, as often is the case, when boys and girls were together, they might decide in the morning to all practice dancing and in the afternoon to all practice wailing. But, if any of you have watched children, you know that while some are trying to learn, others are sitting back and refusing to participate. They might even be snickering and criticizing those that are trying to lead their roles, learn their roles. So what Jesus was saying is, John the Baptist is like, was like the girls. He came moaning and groaning about everything that was bad with society. Some people listened, but many just criticized him for always being negative and for living such an austere existence. Jesus, on the other hand, came to celebrate the unfolding of the kingdom of God. So he went to parties, 
He ate and drank and danced. And those parties were often filled with the people who accepted his message, tax collectors, prostitutes, and other sinners. And Jesus was criticized for being a glutton. Now, ancient story, contemporary issue. There are always things to cry about in this world. And some will see those things and ask if they can help. Others will blame the victims for their problems and criticize the messenger. In this life, there are things worth celebrating, but some won't bother. I think this morning is a time to celebrate. If you were here between 9 in the morning and 12.30 in the afternoon this week, you saw that there were between 140 and 150 children here every morning learning about the love of God, singing God's praises, making new friends, and there were 90 adults and teenagers leading them in that journey, bonding with them, giving them new mentors and friends. St. Stephen's, that was a wonderful thing that you and your children did and should be celebrated. Another thing is the hope trip. Some of you saw something worth crying about in this world and decided to go and help. Ben, would you help us understand what you did? Okay. <clears throat> well, here I am. After three past years of work, I finally finished my fourth year of attending the Hope Trip. There are many life lessons I've gathered from this camp, some I'll carry through college and to the rest of my life. One important impact this trip has made on me has been strengthening my relationship with God. However, the most important thing to me that it's done for me is finding out who I really am. I can remember the first year of this trip and honestly only going for the sake of my parents. But after that first year, I loved the experience to the point that I went the following year and the year after that and again this year. <clears throat> People go into their first trip, first hope trip, at least for me, I came to my first hope trip without high expectations. But I soon realized that this one week of the year can be one of the happiest times of my life. The typical Richfield social life is gone. 
And it's almost like you get another chance to make something of yourself to the new people you meet. Um, there's no worry of how you act, whether you embarrass yourself or not. It really doesn't matter. Most people at Richfield High School won't walk up to a table of strangers and, and introduce themselves. On the Hope Trip, anything goes. Group Work Camps, the organization that put that puts this camp together, um, always has a great group of teenagers that don't judge and participate in genuine kindness with everyone they meet. When I realized this, I proceeded to introduce myself to each new face that I saw. And wouldn't you know, I received the most care cards I've ever gotten since I was a quiet, puny little freshman. For those of you who don't know, care cards are positive notes you put into campus folders that aren't accessible for reading until the day they leave. It's probably the most mood-lifting experiences of the trip, at least for me. Connections we make with each of the campers can withhold for years. And I'll be one to tell you that I still talk to some of my old camper friends. It really makes you realize what good's in the world and how all the negative connotations that come with teenagers can be ignored. Even though I recently graduated from Richfield High, I still plan to go on this trip for years to come, at least for as long as the church lets me. Jamie Mosdale, and I was a, a group leader again this year. <clears throat> um, this was my sixth Hope trip. I did the first three with my son, who's now a senior in college. And deciding to go this year was tough. And some people asked, you're going again? Why? I may even have asked myself that same thing. Well, for one thing, Ben and Mary. I told Mary Rule, who told Ben Robertson, that I might not go this year. Ben found me after church. You're not going? And my heart just melted. I thought back to so many wonderful experiences on all these trips, and one of them was I, I remembered last year's trip, laying on my air mattress on the floor in a school gymnasium with 200 other girls in Owego, New York. It was just before lights out and I was all tucked in. Some of you know how I tuck myself in. I looked over at our girls, <clears throat> Mary, Hannah, Molly, Caroline, Ashley, and Erin, their backs to me, huddled in a group and chattering away over some serious business of the day. I was just so filled with love and admiration for these fine lambs. And I whispered, I love you guys. I didn't think they heard. But Mary Rule turned around and said in that sweet voice that I've come to know so well, we love you too, Jamie. There's a lot of love and connection whirling around on our hope trips. It is everywhere. Once again this year, I loved being with our St. Stephen's youth. They are just such 
fine people, every one of them. I'm just going to honor them by saying their names. Connor Duncan, Mike Harder, Will Marshall, John Wellers, James Reese, Josh Reese, Matt Kissel, Brian Gill, Chad Ballard, Christian O'Connell, Charlie Rule, Greg Graham, Cam Zuckert, Ben Robertson, Olivia Beattie, Molly Basil, Samantha Holmes, Caroline Arnold, Elizabeth Hagel, Mary Rule, Hannah Dighton, Emily Straley. I hope I always know all of you, and I know I'll never forget you. And by the way, I got a chance to read my care cards finally when I got home. And boy, these really care cards count. This was so uplifting for me to hear from all of you, and I thank you so much. Um, I also had a, a great uh, group of kids that were from other churches around the company, country. They are my work crew. Through remarkable experiences that we had together, we became so connected. Uh, it was incredible. We were connected in love and connected not just to each other, but to our residents, who are the people that we serve as we painted and patched their house. This year, something new happened for me. I fell in love with one of my residents, Kika, from the Dominican Republic. She's about this tall and so full of life. She's married to Carlos, a Puerto Rican from New York. <clears throat> All week, my crew and I had the good fortune to witness their loving relationship, filled with laughter, care, kind regard for each other, and hard work. But Kika, so open and generous with the little that she had, I don't know why, although I'm sure God does, we just connected in a way so profound that it makes you see the world anew. During breaks, we would sit on the front stoop drinking coffee, talking about our lives and our families. You should know that Akika does not speak English and I do not speak Spanish, but it didn't matter. We even watched the Dominican news program on TV together in Spanish, uh, both of us going, ooh, muerta a la cabana, and just, it just all worked somehow. All week we laughed and hugged and danced the merengue, which is her favorite song, her favorite dance, and she has certain merengue songs that she calls her birthday song. So her celebration was to celebrate this with us. And the whole crew, all of us, just danced the merengue every day after lunch. And we cried with her, and she brought out the portrait of her son, which had been prominently displayed, the son who had died in Dominica before he could get to the United States for a heart operation. We talked about my son, and we talked about our lives as mothers. We talked about her many children, five, and her many grandchildren, 15. And when, at the end of our last day, it was time to leave, and we were all gathered on the porch saying goodbye, I looked over to Kika, and our eyes locked in silence. Her eyes filled up with tears, 
And of course, my eyes filled up with tears. We embraced and held each other, and there was no need for words. Because there are so many ways to connect, and many ways to show love, and many ways to gladden the hearts of others. And that's the answer to why I went on another hope trip. I did it for the love. Parents, please don't miss this wonderful opportunity to love deeply and to connect meaningfully. As many of us here today already have, join your son or daughter on a hope trip. I can guarantee you will never regret it and you'll never forget it. What a great experience and opportunity to share with the most important people in your life, your children. And what a great way to model love, commitment, and connection for your children. Do it for the love. Thank you. So I would like to finish this sermon time by commenting on the sentence that ends this morning's gospel. Familiar to many, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Three years ago this weekend, my daughter Megan came down to Philadelphia where I was living, and we walked the some 20 blocks over to Independence Hall and the Liberty Bell. And I took the Liberty Bell tour which I must have taken a dozen times before. But this time, knowing I would be preaching on this text, I looked particularly closely at the yoke upon which that bell hangs. It is solid and thick and must be very heavy. It holds the symbol of our freedom, our liberty, and the privilege of pursuing happiness. And I ask myself, is that yoke heavy or light? Is it hard or easy? And the only answer I could come up with was yes. Jesus does not promise to do away with the burdens of this world, but he promises us to be with us in the midst of them. And he endeavors to show us how much more meaningful and full of life and joy and light life can be when we help others 
carry their burdens. Thank you for doing that this week. And thank you for sharing your joy, the lightness of your labor. In the name of Jesus, amen.